morning. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Okay. Please turn with me in your red hymnals to number 549, and we'll sing the doxology together.
prayer this morning. Our gracious God, you have called to our minds this morning as we have been worshiping you the things that we have to look forward to in our relationship in you. And God, we are hoping, we are trusting in what we believe in. And God, I would ask that the hope that we trust that we have in you would give us the courage that we need to have to face the different circumstances and challenges that we have each day. That we look forward to eternal life with you, but in that time that we are looking forward to that moment, we know, God, that you give us the strength to persevere and to continue with our life until we do cross that river and are one with you. Lord, we think of family members and friends that may be struggling with different things right now. We'd ask that you would give them the same courage that we have asked for ourselves, that they would continue to have hope and trust in you in all things. And Lord, we are so thankful that the loved ones that have gone before us, that have crossed that river and are joined with you right now, Lord, we rejoice in that life that they are now sharing with you in eternity. And Lord, we know that it will be in just a brief moment of time, and we will be joining them as well. Lord, we also ask that you would continue to open our hearts and minds in this time of worship. We lift up in prayer the patients that are here, the family members that are visiting, the staff that are working here today, Lord. We lift them up to you in prayer. We'd ask that you would be with them, that you would provide for them the strength and the energy that they need to provide the best care to our patients that are here. And God, we are just so thankful that we have the freedom and the opportunity to come and worship you here in this chapel. We do not take those things for granted. And Lord, it is with a grateful heart that we'd ask that you would hear our prayers and that you would be with us as we continue to worship you. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 431, Open My Eyes That I May See.
scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Romans, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his early life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power. By his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome are loved by God, and caught to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how I constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now. In order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because of its power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have united our hearts this morning during this time of worship that we have had thus far. And Lord, what a blessing it has been to sing hymns together, to pray together, to read scripture together. And God, it is with one accord now that we would just ask that your continued blessing would be upon us and that you would help me to say all those things that we need to say so that we can draw closer to each other in truth and in friendship, in compassion and love. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. You know, a lot of times when we receive not-so-good news, we take it in various forms and in different ways. I found out this week that someone that was a mentor for me when I was a young man went to be with the Lord a couple of days ago. And I had not heard that he had been ill, so it came to me as a surprise when I found out that he had died and now he is with the Lord. 
Ever since I received that news for the last couple of days, I have been thinking about him. I've been thinking about his life that he had, the role that he played in my life, because I do think of him as a mentor, and in many cases a father figure, but also a friend, someone who was a leader not only in my life, but a leader in many other aspects of his life in the church and also in his civilian profession as well. And one of the things that I think about the most when I think of him is this attitude that he always had that was so very, very positive. And I embrace that because as I think of him, I can't think of anything negative that he ever said to me. I can't think of anything negative that I ever saw him do or say about anyone. And even when he and I were working together through some things and they didn't work out the way that he had planned and that I had planned, he still had a positive attitude about what had happened in those circumstances. And so when I think of him this morning, I think about the fact that he had such a positive attitude through the circumstances of life. He didn't have an easy life. He had a very difficult life growing up. And I think about the fact that when he shared those times with me, he was never negative about it. He was never negative about the circumstances that he was in. In fact, he served as a police officer for many, many years in a fairly good-sized police department, and he actually obtained the rank of lieutenant, was a watch commander. And even through all of those circumstances, when I would talk to him about his work and his occupation, he never had anything negative to say. In fact, one time he actually showed me a newspaper article. He had responded to a fire in the wintertime, and as he was there and he was one of the first officers on the scene, he brought a baby child out of the fire. And the newspaper photographer happened to be there and took a picture of him carrying this child as he was exiting the fire before it got out of control. And that's the image that I see of him this morning wanting to put forth his life for the lives of others. And I share with you the fact that our sermon this morning has to do with our attitude. Our attitude about our lives. Our attitudes about whether we make a choice to take responsibility for who we are as a person that we make a choice to do those things that we should do for one another, that we respond in such a way of kindness that regardless of whatever those circumstances might be, it's not that we can't vent, it's not that we can't be upset about things, but I think we need to look at our lives, and I think all of us can make an effort to be more positive in those circumstances. The Apostle Paul tells the Romans 
in this portion of scripture about his attitude, about his willingness to serve them, and how he had not been able to see them sooner, and how disappointed he was that he had not had an opportunity yet to share with them his faith, but also to share their faith with him. That he also wanted that encouragement. And he gave a realistic appraisal of himself as he was writing to the Romans. The fact he was giving that appraisal about who he was, that he was a servant, that he recognized that he was a person, that he was a human being, that he had humanity, and that he was doing his best to serve and fulfill the calling that God had given him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others that he was called to be an apostle to others, that he was called to be an active witness, understanding that in his calling he had authority from God to be and do who he was in terms of fulfilling that call that God had given him in sharing the gospel with others. He acknowledged the fact that he had a destiny that he was set apart for that gospel, that he was set apart for that good news. And he also realized within his own life that he needed to share the fact that as he had received grace through his relationship with Jesus Christ, that he was reminding the Romans of the grace that he had for them as well. Within our own attitudes that we have, and Our attitudes, more or less, are based on our circumstances and our environment. But I think also our attitudes, if we think about them, are based on ourselves and the choices that we make every day. I work with an employee from time to time that is what I would call a whiner. Does anybody know whiners? when you want to want to say to them as they're whining and they're being negative, hey, would you like a little cheese with that wine as you're whining? <laughs> and we all have whiners in our lives. And what's funny about whiners sometimes is they just want to be able to tell you the sacrifices that they have made to do something. Even the most simple tasks They want everyone to know what a sacrifice they made that they had to get out of their chair and go and do something. (laughs) And we joke about that. But we know whiners. We have whiners in our lives. And you can either accept whiners or you can reject whiners. And what I'm finding is the people that have the hardest time with whiners are whiners themselves. The people that have an attitude that's more positive, the whining attitude doesn't even affect them. In other words, when they complain about something or they're whining about something because they have a positive attitude about life, they don't hear the whining. But other whiners do hear the whining of another whiner, which I think is interesting. So many times we think about the things that we're saying and think about the things that we're doing And we don't realize the positive or the negative effect it can have on others. But the Apostle Paul wants us to have an attitude that we 
understand who we are as a person, that we realize that as followers of Jesus Christ that we have the same authority in our lives as he has in his life, that you and I have the same destiny, you and I as followers of Jesus Christ, we have been set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I have been set apart to share that good news, to share that truth with others. You and I know that unless it is God's grace working in our lives, that we can never measure up to the tasks that we find before us, the different challenges that we face on a regular basis. And it is through that grace, God's unmerited favor to us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it needs to be reflected in our attitude. It needs to be reflected in our lives in such a way that others can see that there is something different about us. We have to have an attitude that really shows others the truth and the good news that we are supposed to represent. I think there is some truth about the power of positive thinking. And some of you may be, may be more familiar with it, depending upon what your education and background is, that people have told you in different types of circumstances to think positive about your situation, to think positive about whatever is going on in your life, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even though you may not see it. Perhaps they have told you that things will get better. And I think a lot of times people have good intentions when they say those things. Just at random, I got on the Internet and I pulled up some things and I just wanted to see what they had to say and what was out there about positive thinking. And a couple of things that they shared, and there's a list, and I'll share you some of the benefits that they said about having positive thinking, is positive people live longer. A study sh has shown that regular expressed positive emotions that you can live 10 years longer if you have a positive attitude. That if you have a positive attitude, that if you are in a work environment, that you actually outperform those people that are working in a negative work environment. In other words, things in life are just better, not because your circumstances are different, not because your challenges are any different, but it's because of your attitude you see those things differently. Positive leaders are able to make better decisions under pressure. Positive people who regularly express positive emotions are more resilient when facing stress, challenges, and adversity. Positive emotions such as gratitude and appreciation helps you perform at a higher level. Positive attitude also helps you see the world in a different way. In other words, you see the circumstances that you're, that you're faced with in your life, and because you have a positive attitude, you're actually able to see the circumstances better. In other words, you're able to see the forest, even you're able to see and understand the overview 
of things that are taking place in your life, the bigger picture, and consequently, you can make better decisions. So the, the Apostle Paul was absolutely correct when he's trying to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he's talking about who he is as a person, and that the fact that even though he's had all of those things take place in his life and all of those different challenges, he is still able to have a positive attitude about his circumstances. And because of that, you and I can have an attitude that is reflective of what we believe in. That you and I can think about our whining and complaining once in a while and ask ourselves that question, is it really necessary? Why is it so important to you to be whining and grumbling and so negative all the time? There is no reason. In fact, I would suggest to you that there's a better way to live in the fact that if you have a more positive attitude about what you believe in, and the Bible, if you think about the times that you have read the Word of God, there are more positive things that God says about your life because you have a relationship with me through your Son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, your life should reflect that. We actually talked a couple of weeks ago about having freedom in Christ, and that the fact that as we have freedom in Christ, there also is a responsibility that goes along with that freedom. And one of those responsibilities, which is a good thing, is for you and I to reflect that attitude that is pleasing to God. An attitude that shows the fact that we understand the good news, the truth that has been given to us. And so many times we overlook those things, the basic things in our lives. The other day as I was thinking about the variety of things that I'm involved in, the different circumstances, I just came to this conclusion and I just said this, you know, we don't necessarily say it audible, but we think those words. I said, Lord, I am just doing the best that I can. I know that you're helping me through these circumstances. I can't change the attitudes of people. I can't think, I can't change what they think of me. I can only be who I am and what you have called me to be. Now I'd like to be able to tell you that I bottled that and any time I start whining about circumstances and complaining, I take that out and I, have, I give myself either a whiff of it or a sip of it so I stop my whining and complaining. But well, that's not going to happen. But it does remind me that as I look through my life, there are more positive and good things taking place than negative things. And so we make an active choice to say, we don't say it this way, but we make that choice, is your glass half full or is it half empty? And you've heard that term. And I don't know if anyone has ever explained that term to you, but how do you envision that glass? Is it half full or is it half empty? If you have an attitude that is positive, where you know you're trying to do the best you can through those circumstances, you have a half full glass because you're acknowledging and appreciating the things that you do have. 
If you look at that same glass and you say that it is half empty, you have an attitude problem, you're probably a whiner, you focus on the negative, and you're saying, I am missing out on all these other things. Well, you know what? If you're looking at that glass that is half empty, you're missing out and missing out on the experience that you could have with those things that you do have because your glass is half full. And we need to look at life like that. My glass is half full. And I need to enjoy the fullness that has been given to me because that's exactly all that has been given to me. And for me to make comparisons to other people's glasses about whether their glass might be three-quarters full or maybe might be brimming over to the top, I also know that there are people that have glasses that are only one-quarter full or even less than that. So my glass actually looks pretty good. Because our attitude truly reflects how we live our lives. It doesn't mean that we don't experience suffering. It doesn't mean that we don't experience loss. As I already shared with you this morning, and I was surprised that I had that emotion about my friend and mentor that is now with the Lord. It kind of caught me off guard. And that happens, I think, more times with the male of the species because we think we're tough. We're not going to show any emotion. We're not going to shed a tear. And then when we find ourselves talking about certain circumstances, all of a sudden those emotions come up and catch us off guard. Our attitude truly is seen by others. As I was sharing with you this morning, the attitude of my mentor and how positive it was. In fact, he lived that life of being positive. He was an example to many other people. And as I shared with you through that one event, his life and how he took that positive attitude about what he believed as a follower of Jesus Christ and actually put it to physical practice by saving a baby's life. In fact, when he sent me the article, this was before the days of social media, he actually had to make the effort to cut it out and he sent it to me through the mail. Remember the mail? You know, you put a stamp on something. And here was a little note attached because at the time he was trying to decide for himself whether he should retire or not. And he just put on there, I guess the Lord still wants me to be around so I can affect people's lives. And so it is that attitude that we need to share with others. Understanding that as we face those challenges, you and I have the understanding of what we believe in. That you and I need to be content in the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That in all of those things, 
you and I need to express the same encouragement that the Apostle Paul was sharing, expressing appreciation for one another. Thank you for coming to worship this morning. I know that you had to make the effort to do so, each and every one of you. And I appreciate that. It would be pretty lonely only preaching to myself or to preaching to one person. And I think even in those little things, we express that appreciation and we acknowledge the relationship that we have with one another. And therefore, we are truly saying to each other, your faith has been reported to me because you are worshiping here this morning with me. And because of that worship, you're acknowledging the faith that you have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God says thank you, and I say thank you. And I think as we say that with encouragement, we understand that you and I need to intercede in prayer for one another. I may not remember all of you by name, but I do pray for you that come to chapel. I can remember who you are. I can remember most of your faces when you come on a regular basis. I remember where you all sit because all of you are creatures of habit and all of you occupy the same seat every time, with a few exceptions, you're in this chapel. I don't know if you're consciously aware of that, but I know who's here and who's not here just by who's missing in the pew and who's not sitting there. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that you do come here. And I appreciate the fact, I hope, that you are praying for me as well. And so within our lives, the Apostle Paul is asking the Romans and also asking us to encourage each other in our faith. And as we encourage each other, we pass on something that's very significant in our attitude. A positive attitude really is very effective to give us the energy that we need to have each day to persevere. A negative attitude, on the other hand, really takes away from our energy. If you think about the time you spend listening to a whining, complaining person, do they enrich your life and do they give you energy to go on to continue with the day? No. They take energy away from you and they don't give anything back. And the Apostle Paul is saying, I want you to know how much I appreciate you, and because of that, I am serving you. And when we have that attitude that acknowledges the fact that we are willing to serve, it gives energy to other people. You can call it positive thinking, but there's a reality there that goes with it. There's a reality when we know that people are serving together for the same task and for the same purpose, and it enriches our lives. It gives us the energy to persevere, to go through those difficulties, to face those challenges. Because what I'm seeing more and more in my life, that I'm understanding myself better in terms of the walls that I put up, and when I think about the emotional walls that I put up in my life that keep people out, it's negative thoughts and feelings that are doing that. And because of that, I am not getting the true energy that God wants me to have of having faith in Him 
in the gospel of Jesus Christ in my life. And when the walls come down, what a different outlook it provides for me. In terms of the calling that I have, in terms of sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with others, to having an open attitude of service to each other, to have that act of courage that we have, Because one of the things about an attitude that is reflective about what the the Apostle Paul is telling the Romans here is he is saying things with enthusiasm. He is saying things in such a way that he's telling them, I want to be with you. I am obligated. I want to be with you. I am eager. I am not ashamed. It gives us the enthusiasm that we need to pass on to one another. I am obligated to be here to worship, not because I have to, but because I want to. I am eager to be with each and every one of you because my desire is to lift you up in the same way that I want you to lift me up. I was talking with someone earlier this week that actually comes from a different faith background. And he was sharing with me how we impart to others our attitudes and our actions is what we receive. What truth that is. What truth that is. And I know that when we have that attitude that reflects that openness when those walls are not there and we are eager to come. I know Chaplain Butler, when he comes here on Sunday morning to preach for me when I'm gone, he knows that I truly like to be here to preach. And he knows that one of the things I enjoy doing every week is Sunday morning. And I do not like it when I can't be here because I am eager to be with you. I am eager to be part of this worship. And I know that he sees that enthusiasm that I have about Sunday mornings. And in the same way, when we share that enthusiasm, we really give us that power that the Holy Spirit is there for us, walking by our side. And then we find ourselves not ashamed of what we believe in not ashamed in the good news that we have, not ashamed as we are walking with one another side by side, not ashamed as we lift each other up with prayer, understanding that any of the achievements that we have, anything in our glass that is half full comes from God. And because we have that attitude of thankfulness. It just reflects our attitude in everything that we do. You and I are not perfect. You and I are going to whine every once in a while about our circumstances. But the main track we need to be on is looking at our glass that is half full to see the many blessings that God has given all of our lives, the many blessings 
that are in the most difficult circumstances that we have faced or that we are facing. And it is in that attitude where we reflect what we truly believe in. What we truly say we are is reflected in our attitude that we have towards one another. And it's something that we need to exhibit that is consistent. Not just up and down thing, but something that is consistent. Where our attitude more times than not reveals the gospel in our lives, reveals that good news, reveals that truth. Not just word, but also indeed the attitude of being a servant, the attitude of wanting to help others, of willing to help others, because it is the right thing to do. So it is my hope and prayer this morning that our attitude is reflected one of who we say we believe in, and that it is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for this time that we've had to worship you. And God, as we take communion together as one body of believers in Jesus Christ, we realize that our attitude has not been the way that it should be, has not been the way that it could be. When we have allowed different emotional walls to be built up around us, when we have taken energy away from other people because of just being negative about our lives. Lord, forgive us for those times. Forgive us for not being consistent in our daily walk with you. Forgive us for not fulfilling the gospel of sharing that good news and that truth that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we take this communion together, we do so with open hearts, with open minds, with a grateful heart, with an open mind in our lives that show, Lord, we just appreciate so much of the fact that our glass truly is half full. And thank you for all of those blessings that you've given us. Thank you, God, for this time of communion and the forgiveness of our sins. In Christ's name, amen.
I received from the Lord, what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. reminded us to have that attitude that reflects who we are and what we believe in. And God, help us to have that attitude that you want us to have as followers of your Son, Jesus Christ. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming today.